Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It's 8 p.m. here on BFF.FM. Best frequencies forever. My name is Ben Ward. You are listening now to Eclectic Kettle. We'll be here until 10. There are guests in the studio who we will introduce shortly. But to get things started and going, um, this is new track from Car Seat Headrest. It's called Bodies. Uh, you're listening to Best frequencies forever. Thanks for being with us.
Bodies, uh, new from car seat headrest. Um, very, uh, I don't know, just makes me think of clap your hands, say yeah, and not in a, you know, bad way at all. Um, that's uh, new as of a couple of weeks ago. It's been sitting on the sitting on my to playlist for a number of weeks because it's quite long and therefore kept getting bumped. But uh, nice to finally do that. Uh, you listen to Eclectic Kettle here on BFF.FM, best things forever. Um, this is Eclectic Kettle. Uh, my name's Ben Ward, and in the studio this week, because Mr. Badastoni is um, off his tits in the desert, um, I assume, um, Mr. Matt Bedolf and uh, Mr. Paul Hammond. Hello there. Hello. Um, two additional British people, thereby, you know, almost, in, almost guaranteeing superior banter no pressure but <laughs> you can't yeah but just you, Paul, in the you background. Just, Paul, if you just give like sort of silent nods uh, yeah. it doesn't work very well on the radio it does <laughs> <laughs> awkward aw- awkward silence uh 3000 uh excellent uh how are you both doing very well thank you um matt you have chosen a load of music for us this evening mm-hmm um Mm. Yep, I'm gonna follow my following my passions as a uh, British-born but San Francisco resident, obsessing, obsessive with bleeps, the modular synth, and the strange electronic music. And first, a bit of John's indie disco to uh, stay in the usual mood. Uh, <laughs> we should, I feel like we should we should use that we should use John's indie disco more as a analogy for what the hell goes on at the beginning of this show. That's wise. Um, Excellent. Uh, yeah, we will. We will. We will talk about your uh, synth um, obsession 
uh, healthy obsession. Yeah, yeah. This is uh, this isn't an intervention, um, just to be clear. But uh, we will we will we will talk about that and the wonderful world of the uh, local uh, synth culture that you have discovered because I found that very interesting in the car the other day. I'm just going to make you repeat what you told me. Um, for warning. Um, but yes, um, guitars first. What have you picked? Um, I have picked Mainland by uh, Rolling Blackout Coastal Fever. All right. Uh, this is the Clack Kettle. We are here till ten. Can play 
And you have just been listening to Mainlands by Rolling Blackout's Coastal Fever, who coincidentally are playing The Independent tonight in San Francisco, and I did read that tickets are still available. Get down there and support your local businesses and your Melbourne musicians. That was followed by Me and My Husband by Mitski from her new album, Be the Cowboy. Uh, and then following that, a great track from a couple of years ago by Dive. I assume I am pronouncing that correctly. D-I-I-V. Under the Sun. The, the absence of any sort of weird accents make me think it's probably not Dive, which, you know, is presumably their sort of evil, evil scando pop uh, <clears throat> uh, nemesis. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I assume they have, they have a nemesis out there. The I-I-D... Di apostrophe iv, a series of anti dive gangs. I, yeah, uh, but yeah, and they, you were saying they the, they are about to go supporting Death Heaven. That's right. Yeah, I'm I'm a long term fan of indie shoegaze music and a recent fan of black metal that blends indie shoegaze music in ten minute opuses, uh, and I've seen uh, Death Heaven play a, a bunch of times. Uh, sometimes supported by full corpse paint Swedish black metal bands and sometimes supported by shoegaze fringe shuffly Doc Martin wearing pretty boys and uh, <laughs> this time it's the indie shoegaze tour and I'm strongly considering driving down to Santa Cruz to see Def Heaven and uh, Dive do their co-headline oh. I've, never, I've never you know is it at that one venue in Santa Cruz that everyone plays at <laughs> the Catalyst that means, yeah, yeah. No looks like that. a looks like a proper venue from the pictures, but I've never yeah. been. I've never seen music in Santa Cruz. I mean, yeah. I mean, every, it's easy every time I hear the word Santa Cruz, I just sort of assume that everything is sort of constructed out of beach huts. But um, it's like slightly difficult to take it serious as a real place. But was actually was that cut off on the one, or was the landslides further down? That was when? further down. That was further down. Okay. Yeah, that was down by Big Sur. Okay, that's not an excuse for not having been to Santa Cruz recently, then. <laughs> no. No. Well. Yeah, they have major freeways you can take to get to Santa Cruz. Yeah, but it's no fun to do that. <laughs> if you're not gonna, if you're not gonna drive down the one, then why go? Fair I mean, enough. yeah, to see Dive and Death Heaven, presumably. But uh, anyway, uh, yeah, I've never. There are there are. It, so it, what happens is because I, I I generally find out about most of my new shows to go through from Songkick, and uh, Songkick's sense of what. Uh, the Bay Area encompasses uh, includes Santa Cruz um, because you know it has a it has a reasonable understanding of geography and uh, no understanding of America's attitude towards rail transit and um, so uh, you'll and you and often you'll see sort of often you'll get this you know you'll get an email it's like oh a new show for someone and um, uh, and uh, oh brilliant. I'd love to see them. It's like in Santa Cruz. Like that's uh, that's a bit much. And then a day later, you'll be in a new show for blah blah blah, San Francisco, Great American Musical. And they're just like the the way their data comes in is apparently weirdly um, uh, stuttery. I'm always surprised though from those those same kind of email alerts, just how often major bands, particularly major bands of the 70s and 80s, play at wineries. I get alerts for th- for random wineries in uh, Napa. Huh. With, with with yes are playing a show or <laughs> it's really random and I can only assume there's just some independent promoter who books gigs at open air venues uh, and just you know uh, is targeting a certain demographic I yeah I could see 
I mean, honestly, the idea of yes playing at a vineyard actually just just based on Rick Waitman's never mind the Buzzcocks persona, which is <laughs> sort of the extent that I know of him. I could I could see him just being like, yeah, brilliant. Yeah, uh, so get cuts paid, out the commuting get, time. Get paid a shit ton of money. Drink nice wine. Sounds sounds yeah sounds kind of ideal. Uh, I wonder if there are like bands who just only do that. <laughs> a tour of major wineries. <laughs> just uh, yeah, I mean, obviously up in um, uh, Sonoma every year now you have like the Bottle Rock Festival, uh, which is uh, I think they had some organisational issues in the first couple of years, and I think it's gotten better. But um, it's definitely there's some there's something just like when you when you when you pitch it to someone, it's just like well, so it's a music festival with wine, and it's just like oh uh, yeah, the mm-hmm. the full gentrification of California has has occurred. <laughs> yeah. um, because we've you, never drunk wine at music festivals. You could imagine, you could, I just imagine just you know wand, wandering around the fields of Glastonbury, um, just just explaining that that's what your local music festival looks like. <laughs> Actually, frankly, even 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 explaining outside lands where all of the catering is from, you know, small to medium sized, uh, nice uh, restaurants in the city um, would probably yield some reactions. That's not that different from Glastonbury. That is true. Glastonbury was always big on the the small vendor stuff, mm-hmm. but that probably is exactly what people think a San Francisco music festival is like. You know, the wine, the liberals. <laughs> yeah, all, all, it's uh, all, all pasture raised, uh, <laughs> food and attendees both. Uh, excellent. Uh, you're listening to a Kettle here on BFF.FM, best frequencies forever, where we will be uh, wittering banterly um, and occasionally playing you some music when I remember that that's what we're supposed to be doing, which is what I've just done. Uh, so, um, actually. Following quite nicely off the back of Matt's set there with the dive track, uh, I'm going to play a new, a new track from uh, Scottish band We Were Promised Jetpacks. Uh, they have a new record coming up, which I think is their third album. Um, it's called The More I Sleep, The Less I Dream. Um, it's out soon. I have not looked up the exact date, and it's not they're just doing singles i'll i'll find out while we're playing it for you um but um this is that um and it's it's, it's energetic it's quite it's rather good um this is called repeating patterns
new track there from Micah P. Henson, uh, Small Spaces, um, bringing a um, uh, sort of slightly uncharacteristically fuzzy, brash uh, accompaniment to his voice. Uh, uh, Matt was saying in the, in the break, a sort of almost, you know, Iggy Pop kind of quality to his voice comes through on it, which I hadn't considered before. Yeah, that's right. He's, um, I, I love the fact that almost every album he's put out has been under a slightly different band name, which makes him just that bit more awkward to follow on, a, on your Spotify client. <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's, a, he's a tricksy one. Um, there's also, uh, so there's Small Places which just came out, and there's a, also a record that came out this year, which is a collection of all of his uh, BBC live performances over the past 15 years, pretty much. Uh, so just like a couple of couple of tracks from every year, doing sessions for Radio Two and Six Music and uh, Mark Riley and so on, um, all of which are mostly uh, very stripped down acoustic versions of his stuff. Which is, uh, if you want to hear the other extreme of what he can do, um, that's that's new this year as well. Uh, before that, we played the really beautiful Mothers. Uh, that's from Steady Holiday. Uh, it's on their new record, Nobody's Watching. Uh, you can see them performing here in San Francisco on November 17th, uh, which I was erring about whether to mention that date, and then I realised that November is not actually that far away anymore. It's like, legitimately, you might buy tickets for a show that's in November, because um, it's it's nearly September. I don't know how that happened. Anyway, um, Thousand Yard Stairs are not great uh, audio for you, but... Uh, just know that the passage of time concerns me. Uh, before that, um, and opening up that set, we played uh, the second track that we've played now from We Were Promised Jetpacks, forthcoming The More I Sleep, The Less I Dream. Um, that uh, was called Repeating Patterns. Uh, I think I was wrong. I think that's actually the, that's going to be their fourth record. Um, but I remember I, you know, their, their, fir- their, their debut album was, was fantastic. Um, and I just kind of have this memory of the the second and third. The third one had some good tracks on it that we that we've played as well. Um, and I just remember kind of like the album overall felt kind of, you know, just a little bit a little bit slower. I guess it just didn't quite didn't quite match the energy. And my listening to that, my 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 dear hope is that when that album does land, that you know if that's the you know that's slightly you know slightly faster, slightly more sort of groove driven sound. If they if they do that for the whole record and the record's really short like half an hour then that could be really great and really satisfying um, and would hopefully translate to excellent live shows um, I saw them actually I saw them live at Bimbo's here some years ago which is always a curious place to see bands play I love the atmosphere there I do I, I love it it's just, it's just slightly surreal we, 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 yeah we were together when we saw Jamie XX there right? absolutely yeah, yeah. the sort like, of the ambience of a jazz club with the hands in the air 90s raver <laughs> British aesthetic it was just a dynamite combination yeah it's I've, I've seen I mean I saw Granddaddy there as well um, and uh, Manic Street Preachers played there um, it's like some uh, um, the horrors came there Every couple of years, for a while, just had a relationship with that venue. I guess it's a, it's a, it's an interesting sort of sight to a place. Um, I saw we were promised jetpacks there, and yeah, they sounded pretty good. Very sort of you know brash, loud rock band. Um, the only thing that was almost like slightly soured it is that it was one of those shows. You know the shows where sometimes you know you go see a British band, and it brings 
all of the British people out of the woodwork that you didn't realise had emigrated. Oh, right, it's kind British of like, people. It's kind of like, oh, wow, sort of, you know, uh, heavy set, bald, um, <laughs> uh, and and you know, sort of pub pub louty types. The aging gammon of the student union. <laughs> yeah, and it's like I didn't I didn't realise they'd moved here. Um, but you know, they basically yeah they they only really sort of come out you know, for football matches and apparently certain gigs. Um, but it was a bit it was a bit weird because they were, you know, they were kind of obnoxious and just made me like, oh, I remember you. <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't know what that says about the genre. But anyway, um, you're listening to Eclectic Kettle on BFF.FM. Best friends ever. Uh, with me, Ben Ward, uh, Matt Bedolf and Paul Hammond, who are all still here, getting increasingly warm under these lights. Uh, I might turn the lights off in a minute. That might just Ooh. fix the problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can take, really practice our awkward silences. Take a take a take a page out of uh, Horizon's book. Who uh, always does his show in the dark uh, after after us at ten pm. If you if you stick around, which you should, um, Mr. Bedolf, what songs do we have next? Or song. What song do we have next? Let me consult my list. Um, I believe we have a song by Nils Beck coming up next. Uh, Glimpse of Hope. It's a remix by Joe Goddard of Hot Chip. Um, and I would really recommend going and checking out the original as well as this. The original is a sort of haunting, confusing, slightly stalkerish lyrics uh, thing of beauty. And it has a wonderful video to go with it. And Joe Goddard kind of, you know, sticks the, the pop beat all over it and just transforms it again. So you should enjoy both versions. Uh, excellent. This is Glimpse of Hope.
ending by Alex Cameron uh, before that you heard Cop Killer by John Mouse from his classic album We Must Become the Pitalists the Pitalist Censors of Ourselves from 2011 uh, wonderful slice of dark synthwave vocal awkwardness that I just kind of love I realised growing up in the UK in the 80s and listening to terrible 80s chart music that actually there was a whole other slice of music that I never really heard and now these days as well as trying to discover all the amazing synth stuff that was happening in pop and dark alternative stuff in the 80s. I'm also trying to, I'm finding everything I can 
where people are recreating that sound. And this is kind of fantastic scene, synthwave and all the people inspired by arcade, mu- arcade and chip tune music of the 80s, all this kind of stuff. Kind of wonderful. And before that, Glimpse of Hope, the Joe Carter remix by Nils Beck. Excellent stuff. Um, it was. I'm glad you... Uh, I, as, a, as I said while we were playing that, um, I, you know, I see Joe Goddard's name. And it's like, I know that name, but I never remember where from. Um, and so the fact that you mentioned it was Hot Chip uh, was, one, useful and excellent radioing. But uh, also, when the song starts, it's like, oh yeah, this is... I, I, see, I see how he's in Hot Chip. Yeah. Um, I see what he does for Hot Chip. Yeah, you, you uh, felt some elements of the, you know, you, you, you spotted a, a bouncy... Yes. A bouncy harmony line. It was some uh, pounding forward of the floor drums in, you know, polite yet insistent kind of style. <laughs> it's, uh, it's the modern way. Um, so, uh, yes, excellent stuff. And then I was like, oh, wait, is he also the one who's in Hot Chip, who's in LCD Sound System? He's not. Uh, that is the other one. Hang on. Ah. <laughs> that is Al Doyle. Um, ah, right. I went, well, I went on a bit of a Wikipedia hole of like, wait, which one out of Hot Chip is it that's in LCD Sound System? And now I know. And it's not Joe Goddard. I had no idea there was someone from Hot Chip in LCD Sound System. Uh, yeah, close to the guitarist. Wow, that's crazy. I up down the Wikipedia hole <laughs> and looked it up. I do see that that, that uh, track is on DFA Records. Uh, yes, which is why I was like, oh, maybe this is the one who's in LCD Sound System because he's got the hookup. Um, but it's it's one step removed. Mm, nerds. Um, although then it's one of those things where like, well, whose label would it be on anyway? Because it's not his song and yada, yada, yada. Um, you get the idea. Why did my phone? Why did my thing just beep? Who's snarking at us? Oh, it's coats. <laughs> uh, yeah, at replies are showing. Oh no, wait, it's not. Wait, oh, wow, things. Hang on, what? This is thrilling radio, Ben. <laughs> Look, the bit where we search Google for a bit is like a key component. Uh, a key component thing. Oh, actually, it's uh, the direct messages. That's why it was making a different noise. Um, and apparently, uh, Matt's mic is too loud. So, you know, that's useful All feedback. Right. Quiet Thank you. Down. Thank you, Mr. K. Well, no, don't, I've, I've turned you down now. Keep speaking at the same volume I'm you were. to speak very quietly. Uh, well, now... now It's Asmia time. <laughs> uh, we've, never, we've never done an Asmia special of the show. I feel like that might be... Ah! <laughs> that, 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 that ends. That's how. That's how it ends. Yeah, um, I'm never coming on the show again. <laughs> I mean, we we figured out it's it's uh, it's pretty much two years to the day probably that you were last here because we figured you were here when Badastoni last went to the desert. So you're you know you're his sand cover or something. Like that. <laughs> uh, does that I, sound worse than I thought? Uh, that it does, sounds, I, I thought that, that sounds does, a lot worse. Than I thought, you, think yeah. it does. Yeah, because it just sounds a bit weird to me. But maybe it means something. Let's not overthink it. Um, we're going to play more songs. That sounds like a good idea. Um, oh, except it's halfway through the show, so I'm going to take a moment off the back of that conversation uh, to remind you that BFF.FM is a community radio station here in the midst, middle... Mid, is, does midst even mean that? Am I using that wrong? Probably. In San Francisco. And um, uh, as such, we are very much dependent on uh, you our wonderful listeners support um for the last month we've been running this uh, rather successful campaign to try and encourage people to sign up as uh, members and become besties of bff.fm you can learn about that if you hit bff.fm slash bestie 
or besties, one of them. Just hit bff.fm. There's a link, uh, and um, you can learn, you can uh, backstation with a monthly donation, which helps us pay the rent, keep the lights on, uh, and all good things. Or you can, if you're not up for a monthly thing, you can make one-off donations. You can make them uh, associated to this show if you really enjoyed Matt's clicking noises. Um, just you know, choose the fifty-dollar option for more, and. Uh, and if you if you didn't choose the hundred dollar option, and then we'll make him stop. And uh, uh, but yes, you can do one offs. You can make monthly donations. Monthly is wonderful because then we you know we can plan for the future. Uh, but it helps us pay our rent, buy new equipment. It helps uh, sponsor people who otherwise wouldn't be able to afford to do a show or take the time to do a show. Uh, and it helps us uh, diversify what we're doing here, which would be wonderful. And uh, so on and so forth. Uh, one way or another, we really really appreciate your support, uh, and also for you listening. So thank you for that too. Uh, next up is a track from uh, an artist named Faro. Uh, it's called The Ghost Ship. I cannot construct my story all the way until the end. I write poetry from the beginning, but the rest is up to them.
Tongue's Dark Heart and the sounds of someone playing bingo. Um, that was Tongue's Dark Heart. It, it was from their. Let's turn that down. Uh, that's, it was from their uh, new album, Songs You Make at Night, um, and is frankly quite fun. Before that, we played Dive Down. That's from uh, Mile Me Death. Um, before that, Guilty Pleasures, which is from Georgie K. Um, that's a track of hers from last year, uh, which showed up on a recent edition of the monthly Vinyl Moon compilation, um, I believe uh, last month, in fact, number 36, Shapeshifters. Um, and uh, I was playing that the week. Um, we, we mentioned on last week's Vinyl Only show when we we played a random track off a Vinyl Moon compilation that we'd never listened to before because we simply trusted them and it worked out brilliantly. Um, which was lucky. Um, but um, but lucky but likely. Uh, and uh, off the back of that I've been sort of catching up on the backlog of uh, monthly vinyl deliveries that I've had from them that I had not yet listened to and uh, that was one of the more recent ones. Uh, so that got played uh, because it was great. Um, she's got a record due uh, in November as well. Um, so keep an eye out for her name, um, Australian uh, songwriter and producer. And we opened that set with The Ghost Ship. Um, that is from Faro and um, will be on another forthcoming record, um, Pure O, um, which I think is also due in a month or so. Uh, so that was that. Uh, you listen to Place Kettle here on BFF.FM. Um, little little over 40 minutes left of the show. Um, we've got a couple of um, <clears throat> interesting interesting diversions we're going to take you into. Um, Mr. McBedolf has, over the past six months, eight months, longer? Oh, oh maybe three years, but intensifying over six months. So, yeah, okay. Uh, you, his, your, your, your involvement in all things modular synth has intensified. Um, and off the back of that, um, there are there is music you've chosen and things to talk about. Um, but before we lead into that, um, we're just gonna sort of just sort of drop the mood suddenly uh, with two um, very uh, sort of minimal piano uh, soundtracky pieces. Uh, one which, um, if I'm remembering correctly, uh, and I will I will double check for you because you know that's the kind of attention to have. Oh, no, it's not. Sorry, I thought this was something I'd picked where the track that Spotify had recommended to me this week was 16 minutes long, and this was just one of the ones off the album that wasn't 16 minutes long. Turns out not that record at all, so forget I even 
you know went on that digression whatsoever um uh, what it is though is uh, a track from uh, uh, uh jean michael blay and it's called gods um and after that uh, there's a new track from david holmes of a soundtrack that he's produced um so these are those and this is eclectic kettle on bff.fm
that was four years later from David Holmes. Um, it's uh, from the uh, soundtrack to Mosaic, uh, which I have to be honest, I know nothing at all about. But um, it, the soundtrack passed me by today, and I was like, "That's really nice." Uh, and so I figured I would just sneak that in there as a little little palate cleanser. Uh, before, Excellent prep work. Before things get weird. Um, <laughs> and before that we played uh, Gods, which was from um, Jean-Michael Blay and um, is from the record Dance Mummine. Uh, so that was that. Um, so uh, next up it will be a set uh, from Matt. Um, and... Uh, you know, one of the one of the sort of top three interesting things about Matt at the moment um, is his um, ascent into the weird and wonderful world of modular synths, um, which informs the next set. Uh, so I was going to briefly just ask you because know, because I think I don't know if you know this because I think because Simon played one of your songs. Uh, he did. I, I heard um, that. But I, and I think he did it when you were in hospital, which is why I'm not <laughs> sure if you knew about it. Because I think he like, I think it was kind of like a sort of oh, shout out to my friend Matt who's in the hospital. And I was like, does he? Is he? Does he? Is he aware? I, I did find out but, afterwards, and it made me feel okay. Good. A whole not, lot better. Not good. Not not the kind of like oh no kind of reaction. <laughs> um, so yes, you are. You are you're not only a co-host, but you are also an artist who has been played on the show, which is a. Uh, I don't think anyone else can say that. Wow, that um, is special. So, um, what uh, what what got you what got you into this, and what have you built? So, my my uh, treatise is in seventeen parts, and will take me most of the next three days. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I got obsessed with modular synthesizers, which are a way of making sounds for anyone who ever thought that synthesizers made pop music too easy to make that you just pressed a button and sound came out that all you have to do is turn a knob or slide a slider and fantastic music is created with a modular synth you get something that looks a little bit more like a telephone exchange from the 1930s it's a rack of equipment it's covered in knobs and dials and when you turn it on it makes no sound at all there are no instructions there are no uh, affordances it's just a big pile of cables a wall of connections and you so you take your cable and you might collect an oscillator that makes sound into a filter that adapts sound and then plug your filter into an envelope that uh, an envelope generates, uh, sorry, excuse me, into a VCA which will modify the sound under voltage control whose voltage is generated by an envelope generator in time with the beat coming from your clock generator. And every one of those things I just mentioned is a separate module in your rack. You might have bought it from a separate company. It might have been assembled by a boutique set of beardy men in Portland. It might have been uh, built out of repurposed uh, former Soviet uh, silicon chip fabs in Latvia by Erika Synths. And the nice thing is, these many, many different companies can just do exactly what they're good at, make one circuit that makes one set of sounds, and you can assemble your own synth uh, from parts. So it's a little bit like if every time a band went on stage, they first opened one of their cases and took out the guitar neck they were going to use. Then they chose a set of frets. Then they attached a set of strings. And they built a guitar out of a flight case. And they looked at it in horror at what they'd built and attempted to play some of their music. <laughs> uh, and yeah, and so you've been 
yes, you say you've been doing this for a few years and then have gotten very, very into it in the last six months. And uh, what's your Instagram name? Uh, Matt Bedolf. Matt Bedolf on, on Instagram. If you go there, you will see many short little video clips of things you've put together and also pictures of soldering. <laughs> um, you, you, yeah, you reached the point of building your own modules. I have, yeah. There's. It turns out that because modular synthesizers are based on a bunch of analog electronic standards created by Bob Moog and Don Buchler in the 60s, all you need to do is make a circuit that outputs some kind of voltage. Uh, it doesn't need any clever MIDI or USB or microcontrollers, any other bits. You can just... Uh, all you need is a box with a socket on it with a standard kind of cable on that puts out a standard kind of voltage. So, yeah, I'm really interested in the idea that I can use some of my know-how from working in tech for the last 20 years to make maybe uh, some AI algorithms embedded in one of these circuits that will then plug into some other circuit that was designed in the 1960s before AI was even dreamed of. So I build up my rack, screw things into it, uh, and start to make some of my own bits and bobs to, to integrate with it as well. Which is mesmerizing uh the, the video even the videos of the sort of like 15 second snippets which you explained this to me in the car the other day it's like the 15 second snippets are sort of the result of like an hour of noodling uh which i think is the the musician assembling their instrument analogy um but um it's a very satisfying uh result and just i mean i i, I have a i do not have an electrical engineering background and so i find every, every time we start talking about envelopes and voltages i get like dragged back to the very rudimentary level of that that i did during my gcse and i'm just like shit i sort of know this but not really um and then you watch your videos and it's like making beats and things that kind of sound like instruments and all sorts of weird stuff um so i'm you know i, I will take you up on that offer to come play with it um, at some point um um I'm going to have to just phrase it that way, because if I phrase it a different way, we'll get more messages from Mr. Coates. Um, so, uh, you, uh, so, yeah, you've been sharing a lot of stuff on Instagram where you have discovered there is a whole community of other people doing this. Yeah. No, this was a, a real surprise to me, is that uh, just adding a few hashtags on the stuff that I was posting, like hash modular synth, you get a whole set of drive-by people checking out your stuff on Instagram, liking it, adding comments, and... Amazingly, compared to some other uh, major internet communities that I've participated in in the last few years, it's like super positive and reinforcing. And people are like, wow, that's amazing. That's really interesting. You did an interesting thing there. Oh, how did you do that? Oh, what's that case you've got? That's really nice. I want one of those. And through, explore, through checking out the Instagram accounts of the people who came on those drive-bys, I found all sorts of interesting people making really nice music, uh, um, learned all kinds of stuff about it, and made that even for people who are in the Bay Area, made really good social connections. Because it turns out, as with any complex hobby, it takes a lot of time and you know a bit of, bit of money and quite a lot of obsession. There are tons of nerds who are really, really into it. And so all around the Bay Area, uh, or around other major nerdy areas of, of the world, uh, whether it be Portland or Brooklyn or suburbs of LA, there are other synth nerds really into this stuff. And there's even sort of an Instagram aesthetic of people making modular synth music there's it really common style is for someone to set up their modular synth to play some music and a lot of modular synth music is really uh is like self-playing one thing that people often do is not write a tune but they just plug things into things so the instrument plays itself 
And it's not uncommon to see someone who lives in Portland, who has a modular synth in a beautiful leather-bound case, drive it into the middle of the woods, connect it to battery power, pose it atop a wood stump perhaps, and then press a button, play, let it record, and post that video to Instagram. Mm. And those same people will then uh, you know, visit the last cassette mastering facility in the US and put their albums out on genuine cassette tape. <laughs> because, you know, yeah, anything digital would uh, corrupt the process. That's right. Unless yeah. it's Spotify, which is the other place you find absolutely <laughs> all the modular synth music. Uh, true indeed. Uh, that's awesome. It kind of, it's, it's, it, there's, there's a couple of things I was going to call out. Uh, one, uh, one of the artists we've played a lot of on the show um, over uh, the past year or so um, is uh, Hannah Peel um, out of the UK, who uh, her last record, uh, um, Mary Cassio Journey into Cassiopeia, um, is a is compo is is put together as a composition for twenty seven piece brass band and modular synth, and right. she may even have like published the sheet music for how to do that. I'm not sure, but <laughs> it's like you know it's it's a very sort of intentional combination. Um, the other thing that what you're talking there is the sort of self play music uh, makes me think of. Um, uh, William Doyle, um, formerly known as East India Youth, uh, did a couple of releases last year um, exploring drone work, and uh, they were called Lightnesses. Uh, I think I played one of those tracks when I did uh, presented the Long Lunch Break show a few months back. Um, but the although that was all laptop based, like whisper it, um, but similar concept, just like he set up this drone, he set these things feeding back into each other, and then he just left it for twenty minutes and recorded it. And was like, oh yeah, that's mm-hmm. pretty good, right? Yep. There's uh, an artist, Emily Sprague, who uh, says to record her album tracks, she'll work over hours on a piece of music where the synth is playing itself, and then she'll just um, go out for the day, come back in the evening and see what it's playing now, and then hit record hmm. and let it evolve using the the kind of uh, you know algorithms and things that I built into these devices, uh, so that it's gone far from where she originally started. That's yeah. That's fascinating. Um, awesome. So you have picked out some things to play. Um, the first one of which I think is from Anne Annie. That's right. Okay. So, uh, tell us about this. Okay. Yeah. So we're going to go through a, a series of tracks in sort of uh, increasing order of uh, intensity. Anne Annie is one of those Portland-based cassette tape publishing Instagram stars. Um, they make wonderful ambient but structural music. It's absolutely beautiful. Um, and then we'll go through a couple of other artists who are incorporating uh, modular synth into their sets. Awesome. All right, so this is Moons Apart from Annie.
and so your ears have just been punished by a surgeon earth sinking into water from his recent luminosity device an album of hard banging techno produced entirely on modular synth everything about you is special proceeding by venetian snares from his beautifully titled album traditional synthesizer music entirely produced on modular synth uh, preceding that Perdonare by Alessandro Cortini, occasionally of Nine Inch Nails, from his album Avanti, entirely produced on Buchler Synthesizer. And first, the beautiful and quiet tones of Moons Apart by Anne Annie. So if you're interested in what you've heard there and you maybe want to plug some cables into synthesizers and make sounds never heard before, then you should go check out hash modular synth on Instagram. Um, and if you're in the Bay Area, you should check out a fantastic monthly event, Resonant Frequencies. It's a free event in Oakland, uh, an a experimental music and synthesizer open mic where people come and sign up for 10 to 15 minute segments and they get to play on a gigantic sound system with fantastic live visuals by professional visual artists uh, in a performance space in Oakland. And I go there every month. I have a great time. I've met wonderful people there and I've discovered entirely new kinds of music. Uh, that is wonderful. Thank you, uh first of all for picking tunes and for um sharing so much about um that community and what you found there um genuinely one of the more musically interesting segments we've ever done on the show so i feel quite accomplished um but but not as accomplished as you because you're actually you know making the stuff anyway thank you um, so much for having me but thank you for coming on uh, thank you for all the music you've picked uh, and your company uh, thank you mr hammond for also being here you're welcome yeah. Um, Paul, Paul is wandering around the studio at this point um, taking photos so they're probably on the internet too um, we have come to time so uh, we're going to play you out with one last track before Horizons at 10 um, and uh, it's going to be he says consulting his set list um, a track from Cavern of Antimatter um, it's on their record Hormone Lemonade uh, and it's called Solarized Sound um, as a combination of words don't know what to tell you but uh, thank you very much for listening this has been Eclectic Kettle uh, we're back next week um, I believe Simon will be here but you know in body if not mind so I think it'll be another me led show uh, but he'll be here to sort of you know heckle me and criticise my choices uh, so look forward to that uh, thank you again to Paul and Matt for being here this week. A uh, reminder, uh, bff.fm um, is where you can go to find archives of the show. Subscribe to the podcast if you want to uh, listen listen again um, and also donate to the station to help us keep doing what we're doing. Uh, thank you very much for your support. Thank you for listening. Uh, Horizons is next. Um, good night. Thank you.